Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's service. So glad you're here. Um, For all the first-time visitors, I'm really glad you're here. But I just need to warn you. We're doing something a little bit different today, and we're, I'm excited, I'm pumped. Um, for the folks that kind of know what we're doing, I hope they're excited. Um, for everybody on our online campus, I'm so glad you're joining us today. And now let me tell you a story. What we're going to do today is kind of go retro, and we're kind of in between series. We've got Easter coming up really soon. And we just came out of a great series, and there's this little space in between here that I just really felt like we could do something retro. Our worship team, when, when Lauren came up and started leading us in worship, those are, some, those are some old school songs right there. And if you're in the room like, they're not old school. That was the songs we sang when we were growing up. <laughs> so with that, I, I want to do something today. And we're going to do it also next week. And, and it's, it's, it's a fun thing that is an incredible tool God gave us many years ago. When my friends and I sat down in Phoenix, Arizona, this is a very young tie, 18 years old. And we just began to pray for an instrument, some way that God could, could use us to reach young people. And we had school assemblies that we did, uh, and we did, we did youth groups and college groups, and we, we spoke at churches, and I had rodeos. But we needed, and instead of just blowing in, blowing up, and blowing out, we wanted something that was sticky. And, and we wanted to be able to present the gospel with a stickiness, meaning that we could leave this service, but this was going to stick in your heart and your mind for a long time. So we prayed and God gave us an incredible little tool called a human video. Now this is old school, okay? And and this is is a long ways back. And and, and let me tell you how how incredible it was for me. Imagine if this morning we woke up and we're at a high school rodeo, okay? And, And they're not the easiest places to preach the gospel. I mean, we're talking about rodeo folks. It can be a little hard, a little rough around the collar. Definitely, you're going to have those ones that have never been to church their whole life. And, and I was given permission by the committee to come in and do cowboy church service at the New Mexico or the Arizona High School Rodeo Association. And, and I've only got a window of time to get their attention quickly and to keep it and then present the gospel. And God gave us this incredible tool that over the years, he used it in a major way, not only to reach people that you may never see in your lifetime, but I got to see in some really tough places, but it also built this church. We started in the cell barn, and though we had nothing as far as a building, we could present the gospel in a unique way. So today, I want to introduce you to an amazing story in the same way that I would those high school rodeos years ago. And this story is about Jesus' best, closest friend named Lazarus. Lazarus had been with his family from the very beginning. And Mary and Martha were key parts of Jesus' ministry. And and Lazarus, Lazarus was such a faithful friend and an old friend, old, old friend. And somebody who Jesus could be around and just be around. And one day Jesus was out ministering, preaching the gospel. And the word came that Lazarus was sick. Well, I mean, who better have it for your friend 
than, than Jesus if you're sick. Am I wrong? I mean, this is the guy that heals the sick and sent news. And Jesus didn't come. They were, they were shocked too. And, 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 and instead of him getting better, Lazarus got sicker. He, he was worse. He, he wasn't getting better. And they sent word. They said, Jesus, Lazarus isn't getting better and you need to come quick. And Jesus didn't come. In fact, the next news that Jesus got was, Jesus, there's no need to come. Lazarus, your friend, has died. This is a part of a story that challenges our faith. It makes us wonder what would we be like in that situation to where Jesus didn't come when we thought that he would come. But it was in that very moment that Jesus heard that he had died, that Jesus said, let's go. And Jesus showed up to people mourning and crying and saying, Jesus, if you would have only come sooner, if you would have only come sooner, but in Jesus' perfect timing, he did something that no one expected. He brought a man from the grave who had been dead for four days, Lazarus, rolled the stone away, and Lazarus came out of that grave. It was a testimony to the authority of Jesus. It was a testimony of the authenticity of Jesus. It was a testimony of what was about to come in Christ Jesus when he too would rise from the dead three days later. But I've often thought, if you were gonna be in heaven like Lazarus was for four days, I wonder who Lazarus got to see while he was in heaven. The people he got to talk to, point out, recognize. Can you imagine the conversations Lazarus had with people of faith in heaven? This, this is the story of those four days and all that Lazarus got to see. This is Lazarus. Lazarus, oh Lazarus, 
When he died, he went to where the saints of God did stay in the holding place they lived beyond. He saw Elijah, Moses, Samuel, even Ruth, and all the others jammed up in a room. He turned around and saw old Gideon standing by the door. He walked up, said, Hey, brother, tell me what's this group here for? Well, Gideon said, Well, all right, this is testimony night. Have a seat, man, cause the meeting's starting soon. While Mary and Martha just wanted to see their Lazarus Oh, Lazarus, when will their Lazarus come forth? Moses shook his stick, said, now this meeting come to order Can I get a witness for the Lord tonight? Abraham kicked it off, said, I want you all to know that I knew him he gave a child to my barren wife. Isaac waved his hand, said, Hey, Daddy, I knew him too. Jacob jumped up, says, Hey, man, Grandpa, preaching. Oh, dignified Solomon, he adjusted his robe, said, I knew him. He made me so smart, I started to teach him. Ezekiel said, I knew him as a wheel within a wheel. Job said, man, he healed me when I was almost dead. Samson said, I knew him when some Philistines tried to jump me. I took a donkey jawbone, busted a few heads. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, we knew him in the fiery furnace. Jonah said, man, he gave me a second chance. Daniel cried out, I knew him in a hunger den of lions. The Holy Ghost hit King David, he just started to dance. Lazarus got so excited, he shouted, hey, I knew him too. Moses put down his stick and said, hey, who's the new kid? Needless to say, the room got real quiet when Lazarus said, but I knew him in a way that y'all never did. See, man, I walked with him and talked with him. I saw how his teachings all the crowd. Those famous tears of compassion, I could actually see. Man, he used to come over to my house after church, and my sisters would make him dinner. Every month, I even supported his ministry. See, man, I, I watched him confront the Pharisees. I was there when he fed the 5,000. I heard the people gasp when he healed the lame. You see, man, I, I remember the littlest things, the things that most folks would forget. Like the simple loving way he just called my name. Up at the grave, stone rolled away with a loud voice. Jesus started to say, You see, fellas, it just seemed like yesterday. I could hear that man saying, Lazarus. As a matter of fact, it seemed like today I don't. Lazarus. Excuse me, brothers. I, I think I hear him calling now. What? Lazarus. Jesus. Lazarus. Jesus. Lazarus. Jesus.
Man, I don't move like I used to. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, this, is a, this is an amazing little tool God gave us years ago. And, and over the years, we've, we've kind of moved on. And, and I just felt like we needed to bring them back for the next couple of weeks. And there's a message behind this. One of the funny stories I was telling Brady last night about these human videos is, I would be in town for a rodeo, but a church would heard, heard I was coming. So they say, hey, would you stick around Sunday night and speak for us? And I would stick around. And one time I did about three or four human videos in this one service. And this little old lady, she came up afterwards. She came up and she said, sweetheart, and she grabbed my hand. And she said, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. How in the world you're able to change your voice for every one of those songs. Yeah. And, and, and I never told her any different. <laughs> she still thinks to this day I sang every one of those. Yeah. But this message I want to stir in you, I didn't just pick Lazarus to do it. I wanted to stir in you guys the possibility for you to hear the voice of truth in your life. And, and the voice of truth is a unique voice. It's a voice that is so special and so wonderful in the fact it doesn't speak what everybody else is saying. It comes from the throne room of God, and it's actually a voice that's calling you to a deeper faith in him. Even if everything looks bad, even if everything looks wrong, even if Lazarus has died, if it's not good, God's not done. And I want to stir inside of you guys something that I really think is so important because what we see in the Lazarus story is that Jesus was exercising his power and his authority, and Jesus was doing it as a testimony for even the people who didn't believe in the resurrection in the day. These are people called Sadducees. And I always remember their names because it, 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 to me, it, when you don't believe in the resurrection or life after death in Christ Jesus, you're sad. You see? <laughs> now, now you know how I passed my theologian classes. I rhymed it, I rapped it, and I learned it. And, and, and these Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And yet here's Jesus, specifically for them, showing the miraculous power, and they still did not see. A man dead for four days rose again. And even to the point their anger swelled, Scripture tells us they tried to kill both Jesus and Lazarus. It says, now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there being Jesus. Jesus was going to be here. And they came not for Jesus' sake only. This is cool. They also, so that they might also see Lazarus. Lazarus turned into a little bit of a celebrity. People spread all over the countryside. Lazarus is dead. And then the next news was he's alive. They rolled the stone away. And Jesus brought him back to life. And people wanted to see it for themselves, themselves. But instead of the Sadducees hearing this voice of truth to build their faith, their flesh took over their ministry, if you want to call it that. And they grew angry. It says that the chief priest himself plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. The question that I want to stir in you guys today, and this is, this is really why we're here. 
I believe totally that Jesus is speaking to us. But what is Jesus doing today to open your eyes? This is the common denominator, the water cooler moment, if you will. When you go to school tomorrow, when you go to church, or when you go to work tomorrow, and you talk to somebody, and they say, what did Pastor Ty talk about? And you can say, well, he did these human videos, but he really wanted us to look at what was Jesus doing in my life to open my eyes to faith, to believe to trust that even he could raise someone from a, from dead from the dead surely he can change my situation too in John chapter 11 verse 25 it goes on and Jesus said to her and this is a very amazing conversation cuz this happened before Lazarus res- resurrection and Mary and Martha were troubled they were upset because Jesus hadn't shown up when they asked him to he didn't do what they thought he should do and he's talking to them and he says Mary Don't you know that I am the resurrection and the life? And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Mary, you've lost hope. You've lost faith. Mary, I'm here now. Don't you believe? And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Mary? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into this world. And the dangerous thing about Christians and all the believers, let me, let me just turn to you real quick. Our faith is sometimes as shallow as what we've trusted God in. And I'm turning to you right now and telling you that your faith just needs to go deeper into the things that you haven't seen yet. You haven't seen all the bills paid, but by faith. God is going to do something. You haven't seen that situation line itself out yet. But by faith, we are going to see the Son of God bring a resurrection. There is a dead things in my life. And some things need to stay dead, but there's other things that God is saying, bring them to life. I'm not dead and God's not done. This is amazing in our lives how we need to stir the faith and realize that Jesus is in this place and he is saying, quit looking at the dead things. Trust me for what I can do, resurrection power. But I'm gonna tell you, you ready? There will always be an enemy to your faith. Doesn't matter who you are, there will be always a voice speaking lies. There will always be a voice turning to you and telling you, you ought to take over this. God's not moving fast enough. God's not doing what he says. It's okay, like Mary, to say, I believe you are the Christ, but I'll handle this. And I want to turn and I want to remind you, there will always be an enemy to your faith. There will always be sickness. There will always be a, a, a period. We hear the sentences in our life, I lost everything, and we put a period And what I'm trying to do today is to remind you, let the God of the comma step in. And yes, you might have lost everything, comma, but I believe God's going to turn this around. He might be gone, comma, but my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I'm not breathing good, period. I'm not breathing good, comma, but I'm still breathing. Yeah. 
And if I'm still breathing, God still has a plan. And I'm asking you to replace the enemy's period with God's comma and let him finish your story. In Revelation, it says something amazing. And they overcame him, meaning the enemy, lowercase h, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. The way that we as the family of God are going to see the things that only God can do in our life is when we understand that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, which is the work he did, and the work of the testimony that God has done in us. Your children will not be impressed with God for the things you did for yourself. But if you want to inspire your children and your children's children to lead a life of faith in Christ Jesus, don't come off the faith path he has for you. The enemy will defeat, be defeated by the blood of the lamb and the very test that you're going through right now that will be the testimony of the goodness and the greatness of our Lord Jesus Christ. It boils down to you have a weapon and Jesus is our weapon. By the blood of the lamb and through the very thing that he's pushing us through, the very thing we're trusting him in, by faith he is going to win this battle for us. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know what the story of Lazarus has stirred up inside of you as begin to see this whole amazing event where Jesus calls a dead man out of the grave. And if he called a dead man out of the grave, surely he's going to do something in your story too. Jesus not only is our weapon, but he is also our strong tower. Uh, we just went through a two-day Lord of the Rings binge on the extended version in the bean house. Two days of the most wasted hours of my life. <laughs> but we did it as a family and it was fun. And all throughout this whole drama of this amazing story, I kept seeing castle after castle. And it just kind of sparked something in me to remind me that so many times we come off our high ground to go down where the enemy is and we lose our battles there. You have been asked, you've been talked into so many battles where you came out of your high ground to go on a level of fighting that you were never called to do. I'll give you an example. The enemy's barking out insults, barking out Instagram <laughs> posts. And instead of you staying where God wants you to be, you come down and you talk like them and you slander like them and you do it even in the name of Jesus. And that is not where your battles are won. Our battles are won by not fighting like our enemy, but our battles are won for being with our high tower. Higher, not better than. We're not self-righteous. I'm saying to be at a level in which we are not like our enemies, but knowing that God fights our battles for us. As a testimony, even to our enemies, that he didn't come down from his savior being his high, strong tower. There is security in the presence of God and don't walk out of the presence of God to go fight your enemies 
in their presence. Let God fight for you. In Proverbs, it says this, the name of the Lord, the mighty name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous man, the righteous man runs into it and is safe. Third thing, Jesus is our cornerstone. In Iron Man, we've been studying 1 Peter. And Peter writes in chapter 2 this incredible story as he turns to us and he says, Jesus is the cornerstone on which all other stones are laid. And upon those stones we build our lives upon. And the cornerstone represents the very first stone laid in a building project. It brings direction for every other stone laid But this cornerstone, Peter says, for some is the way to life and to others, it is actually a stumbling block. Peter says this, he says, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also are living stones are being built up as spiritual houses, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture that, behold, I lay in Zion, and he's quoting Isaiah here. So now we're gonna jump back, and Peter goes, remember he's the cornerstone, but look at what Isaiah said. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, which means that we are stumbling the, the stumbling on something that we should be building upon. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. This is a reminder for every Christian, every Christian in the room, there's a point that even like Mary, we turn and go, okay, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the resurrection of their life. I believe that you are the Christ but we haven't applied the things that we don't see yet to the things that we do see. And the very danger is instead of you building your life upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, we kick upon it. And I wanna turn to every believer who's been kicking upon the rock instead of building your life upon the rock, stop. It is time to surrender. It is time to have faith walking by faith, not by sight, to even sometimes ignore the things happening around you and to pay attention to the very one saying, come out, come out of that grave, come out of that dead spot and follow me. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who? 
once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Check out that sentence. Who at one time were not a people, but now you are the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. It's time to believe. It's time for us to truly lean into the fact that our Savior, by his blood and through this very test that we're going through, produces a testimony that will overcome the enemy, whether this generation or the next generation or the next. The Bible calls them saints, people who we can look at their life and celebrate them, but not glorifying them through all that they went through, the glory goes to God. These amazing saints who by faith lived an amazing life that still inspires people to trust in the Lord with all of their heart and lean not on their own understandings, but in all of their ways acknowledge him and he is directing their paths. So my question is, how did the saints before do it? Because sometimes we think, gosh, the New Testament's 2,000 years old and the Old Testament's older than that. Is the Bible even practical today? I mean, the situations that I'm having with my kids and stuff's going on. It's not even the same things they went through. How can I apply the Bible to today? How can I have the faith from yesterday through their stories and apply it today? And it's the same thing in different generations. The same way our saints overcame is the same way we overcome. It's two words. By faith. How do we come through the darkness? By faith. How do we walk in the light? By faith. How do we make decisions? By faith. How do we choose the path? By faith. How do we know what to do? By faith. And this, I will tell you, is one of the most frustrating things about getting counseling from Pastor Ty is when he won't answer your questions, he just says, by faith, you've got to trust God. By faith, you've got to believe for an answer. And I know you really wanted me to hop in your back pocket and give you all, give you all the answers to the questions you have. And if you only drew closer to me, what good would that do you? But if you draw closer to God, you've really entered into eternal life and real victory. And we've got to be people who by faith, by faith, by faith, do what God's telling us to do. Let me read you Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, which means you're not going to have all the answers. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, okay, by it the elders obtained a good testimony by it. And then he breaks it, breaks it down. And he says this, by faith, Abel. Okay, remember Abel? Amazing story. Do I give God what I got or do I give God my best? And, and Abel offered God his best, a more acceptable sacrifice by faith. He didn't have someone whispering in his ear or a dad telling him what to do. 
He wrestled it in his heart and said, if I have the two to give God, I'm always going to give God my best. And it wasn't because he was a good guy. He did it by faith. He did it by faith. Faith. By faith, Abraham. Abraham obeyed, not even knowing where he was going. In the first service, we had a couple that came up and got prayer after church. And they said, we believe God's moving us on. As far as we quit our jobs the other day, and, and we're going to be moving, but we don't know where we're going. And we've done it because it was just, we both just knew our season in our certain town that we live in is done. And when you stood up there and said, by faith, Abraham obeyed God, not knowing where he was going. It just struck a chord with us. And instead of fear that we have, and we probably should have, but by according to our parents, that's what he said, we are excited about the next chapter in our life. And I said, man, you got more, you're, you're, by faith, I bless you, way to go. And, but in their hearts, they knew this exactly what God wanted them to do. By faith, and, and parents, this may ring a bell with you. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. This strikes a chord because as a parent, there are things that I am protecting my children from. And it's not because I'm a scaredy cat, it's not because I'm a worried ward, it's because there's a beautifulness about my children. Not that they're beautiful, there's a calling on their life, there's a purpose for their life. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And there's things that my children will never see in their lifetime because it is not God's best. And I will protect them from it. As Moses' parents by faith hid their own child in fear of death, but they would not succumb to the king's edict. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians when they attempted to do the same or drowned, which reminds you, this isn't a recipe formula for success. It means that if you do something God calls you to do and your neighbor sees you do it and they go out and do the same thing like adding eggs to a batter and flour and water and mixing it all up and saying, well, this is how I saw them do it and stepping out, the Egyptians crossed the Red Sea the same way as the Hebrews did. But the Hebrews crossed it by faith. And the Egyptians didn't. And they drowned. You cannot copy somebody else's faith. Just because the Israelites walked around the city seven times doesn't mean you walk around the city seven times. It's not the formula. It's the faith. Quit operating on formula. Let, let what they did inspire you, but inspire you to be before your God, to know his voice, and to do it by faith. By faith. We've got to have faith. We've got to learn it. We've got to live around it. We've got to make it our everyday life by faith. We've got to speak faith. 
We gotta, we gotta speak faith over our family. We gotta speak faith over our circumstances. Gentlemen, can I turn to you and say that you should never leave the house in the morning without you turning and laying hands on every one of your family members, praying the blessing and protection of God over them by faith that they would know the voice of God in every decision they make. When you go to your children and you wake them up and you say, before I go to bed, I just want to pray for you real quick and to pray over your children before you leave. When you walk back in the bedroom and you lay your hands on your wife in the right spot <laughs> and you pray a blessing over her and you pray, pray that God would speak to her and to relieve any stress, pull that stress out. Father God, our peace is in you, our trust is in you. Gentlemen, we speak faith over our family and over our circumstances. We live by faith. We live by faith. And this today is a testimony that there is a voice of truth in every one of us, not our truth, but his truth. And it won't be trumpet blasts. It won't be go here. It'll be a still, small voice. And only in our quiet place will we hear God's voice say, follow me. And we will, by faith. I wonder what it would have been like be Peter, who as Jesus turned to him and said, step out of the boat, Peter. And Peter looking at the crashing waves and everything telling him, why? Why would you want to step out of the boat? But you see with your own eyes the Savior walking on water and with absolutely nothing being said, you know he means walk on the water with me. And to step out of this boat is going to be a by faith moment. And we know that Peter sunk. But for a brief moment, he walked on water. To be a young shepherd boy that stands up before a giant, and we all face giants. But to stand up and by faith fight his battle, his way, in the way that God had raised him, both the lion and the bear, and to stand up and to say, you uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them, and to face a giant by faith. But even today, there are people in this room that I believe that you're gonna walk out and look at your work differently, your school differently, your community differently, your neighborhood differently, your life differently, because you're going to live by faith. And sometimes we get off track. Sometimes we come home from work and the day's been long and the frustration builds up. But there is a voice of truth that's speaking to every one of us. And I hope spoke to you today.
faith it takes to climb out of this boat of men Under the crashing waves To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand But the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The ways they keep on telling me Time and time again, boy, you never win You never win But the voice of truth Tells me a different story The voice of truth Says do not be afraid and the voice of truth says this is for my glory Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth Oh, what I would do have the kind of strength it takes to stand before a giant With just a sling and a stone Surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors Shaking in their armor Wishing they'd have had the strength to stand But the giant's calling out my name and he laughs at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The giant keeps on telling me Time and time again Boy, you never win You never win But the voice of truth Tells me a different story The voice of truth Says do not be afraid and the voice of truth says this is for my glory Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth
worship team is going to come back up. Fathers, let God inspire you. Let God inspire you. And then go be the dorkiest Christian dad you can be, <laughs> teaching your kids everything he's shown you. Can I recommend something to you dads that are really intimidated by the Bible? Go buy a picture Bible. Go buy a kid's picture Bible. Because I don't know about y'all know, but I, I graduated theological schools with classes uh, with picture Bibles. Because words weren't jumping off the page, the pictures were. And when you can sit down and be inspired, you can inspire and inspire your family. Moms, wives. voice of faith in your family that if we ever lost you, we would lose a major part of the faith journey of our family. And if you're not there on either parts, ask God, let me hear the voice of truth. By faith, by faith, by faith, I plan for my life, to step out of my comfort zone, to get out of my boat, to face my giants, to be the person you have called me to be. Father God, today I pray for this crew, and I pray that today it would be sticky. It would be sticky. go through the hard things we need to go through to step into the things that you want to speak to us about. I pray, Heavenly Father, by faith we would do these things. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.